Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to open up new possibilities and promote evolutionary thinking. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring Gateway. My original shamanic teacher refused to be known as such. He merely saw himself as a guide, directing me towards finding my own access point to unity and the infinite knowledge therein. He repeatedly tried to explain that the answers to my questions weren't out there somewhere, but within. He taught me to find the gateway to the infinite in my heart. What an amazing experience to access all that is from within, and such a paradox. One must be totally present in the moment to find and pass through the gateway, but when on the other side, we're not bound by time or space. In looking to the world out there for guidance, we remain separate and alone. When we simply sink deep within the self, we unite with all that is. If the gateway is within, 
why are we taught to look outside of ourselves for love and connection? If the answers are in our heart, why are we so conditioned to seek them from our minds? When we're so inside out and backwards from our original design, how can we possibly know who we are? Our guest this hour may have some insight into the subject. With this is Michelle Ray, author of Living from the Center Within, co-creating Who You Are Becoming and the founder of The Center Within. She provides holistic coaching for personal, professional, and organizational transformation. Michelle coaches her clients to become more confident and engaged as they enhance their gifts and talents, wisdom, and passion. They gain clarity and power as they expose and unblock limiting beliefs, stuck patterns, and fears. Clients are empowered to create self-directed strategies to implement the changes they desire to create the life they love. Michelle's website, centerwithin.com. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on The Science of Magic. Thank you very much for the invitation, Gwilda. You're a university professor. What do you teach there? I teach at the University of Minnesota at the Center for Spirituality and at the Humphrey Institute. And the Center for Spirituality and Healing, I teach a class called Mind Body Science and the Art of Transformation. And I also teach the business class in the Integrative Health Coaching Program, uh, where people get to figure out after being in that program and getting their master's or certificate what they want to express into the world in their business. I also work with the internship program and the thesis writing. Um, And in the Humphrey Institute, I teach a course on mindful leadership and how to really access the center within in public service. So it sounds like you're really working with consciousness and business in a lot of regards. I am. I work with consciousness and business. I also work with consciousness in health and healing are probably my two primary um, access points. Mm. What's a transformational coach? A transformational coach is uh, for anyone who's really interested, as you had said in the introduction, of creating this life they love. It is uh, an opportunity for me and my clients to create sacred space and allow in that spirit and allow a greater access to that field of consciousness as I, I see it, this unified field that you spoke of where all that is. And when we work together, it opens their awareness through intention and the sacred uh, space we create to access higher levels of consciousness for them to be able to move forward both personally and professionally in their life. We have just a few seconds left in this segment, but sacred space is an interesting subject. Um, We deal with it a lot in shamanism. Do you have any shamanic training? I have uh, done some shamanic journeying just as a participant, but I am not a shaman or have done any um, training to be teaching that. Interesting. It's wonderful the way all gates seem to lead back to Rome, isn't it? It is indeed. We're going to take a a quick break and be back on the other side. Michelle and I will return shortly, so don't you dare go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are aired daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. In service to our listeners, prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. The Science of Magic is produced by Realmo McConnell Media Company out of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs, 
songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an eight-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Michelle Ray, author of Living from the Center Within, Co-Creating Who You're Becoming. Her website, centerwithin.com. Michelle, we were talking about sacred space. Do you find it important to set up sacred space before trying to access the center within? And if so, why? I do uh, find it very essential to set up the sacred space. And I find that the intention that we have creates those gateways to the uh, access higher levels of consciousness. So creating sacred space through intention, through ritual. I use sometimes a crystal grid in my office and um, offer a uh, prayer, offer an intention and invite the guides and masters that come and help us to participate with us. Exactly what is uh, sacred space? How would you describe it? I would describe sacred space as a condition, a readiness that we put ourselves in to be open to all that is. So does it correspond with a, a a state of mind or a brainwave pattern or anything like that? It certainly does. Research shows us that there are higher levels of brainwaves that happen uh, when we meditate, let's say, or when we move into that place of deep relaxation or deep sleep where we open further into into being able to be aware, to bring into our own awareness and perceptive capacity. It enhances our perceptive capacity when we move into that mindful and uh, sacred opening in space. So sacred space, in effect, is a, is a different brainwave state as well. Correct. Uh, so it's not so much what you're doing to the space, but what you're doing to the space helps you get into the zone. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. It supports, it, it supports the opening to the zone. As a university professor, how did you get into coaching? My background is uh, initially I was a registered pharmacist fresh out of school in my early 20s, and I always have had an interest in the way the seen and the unseen world interact. So in my own life, even as a small child, I felt things in my body. I was very empathic and had a lot of intuitive knowing and didn't understand that most people didn't have regular access to that. So I've studied over many years a variety of um, healing modalities and uh, sacred traditions and their sacred practices. So it's combined this interest in the mind, body, and spirit. And one thing led to another. I've been trained through the Center for Mind-Body Medicine and had some mindfulness-based stress reduction through my health and wellness. And it's coalesced into being able to teach both from my left brain, that logical double-blinded studies that we now can prove just in healing, for instance, works through the, the 
morphic field and and the field of consciousness as well as my own knowing my own intuition and the magic that appears that is not necessarily uh, verifiable in the traditional way you know i think everybody from police officers to medical doctors also use that whether they would put it in those terms or not, but it's a gut level feeling or they've seen something enough, it just kind of triggers something or they feel it in their body. Have you found that to be the case? Absolutely. That's one of the beautiful things about working as a transformational coach is that people are coming and students that come in my classes as well already have some idea, some personal lived experience of having the a premonition or a synchronicity. And they're looking to cultivate their perceptive capacity and their ability to receive that kind of uh, information, those subtle ways of knowing, and learn how to work with it, learn how to have boundaries with it, learn what's theirs and what's not theirs, what's theirs to do with it or not do with it. But to be able to actually incorporate it as a neutral, important way of knowing in their daily living. You know, it's kind of hard to deny that we're, as a, as a race, going under a lot of huge change at this time. How do you see this interface between the logical and the intuitive playing out in the future? Well, I think that the intuitive part is going to be much more readily accessible to people. I, in my own um, curiosity, looking at some of the studies, for instance, on junk DNA, that seems to be mysteriously um, popping up into genes that are active when they used to be inactive. I, I feel like we're undergoing a shift in our ability to be able to be telepathic or clairvoyant or intuitive. I see it in my own meditations as our current hardwire is being upgraded and that new software is literally being downloaded. And it will, uh, our technology and our ability on the um, verifying aspect of things will catch up just like in the past we've how old is acupuncture for instance or tai chi and we've only recently been able to invent mechanisms machines or the had the technology to verify what we've known intuitively and in our sentient being for many decades yeah, we've been working with the quantum field for you know fifty thousand years through shamanism. Uh, now that we're getting instrumentation enough, and uh, you know, uh, proving theories and this and that, science and magic are starting to merge, and it seems like that's a really important event, don't you think? I think it is life changing for us as a species, and really the whole planet. I think the the magic. I I really appreciate and enjoy your language around the scientific and the magic coming back into uh, unity. And they have, it seems, been at various points in our human history. But this level of awareness that we're bringing to it is is unique and a first time. And it's ah, oh, it just lights me up inside. It excites me to know that we are evolving as a species and the planet to support us and all that's on it to be able to participate in living, living life, being spirit, having a human life that will, I believe, be incredibly different than it is now and much more integrated and interconnected. Yeah, we are definitely moving into a time of, of integration and unity. What do you think is causing that at this time? I think that there's a, a number of um, different factors that are 
uh, in play. One of them, I, I think, is the evolutionary process itself. And as I'm sure you're aware, too, there are a number of different traditions that speak of this particular era as being the end of time as we've known it and the beginning of a new era in uh, history in this dimension on the planet. So there is a combination of readiness. And as every large change has happened in recorded history, there's this large degradation de uh, and, and falling away and chaos and disruption that happens that actually acts and feeds as a catapult to moving us into this new era of humanity where we will have much more access to and live in unity consciousness. It's just a, a law of nature that for one structure to end and another to begin, you have to uh, dismantle or fall apart and go into chaos before you can reconstruct a new way of being out of the constituent parts. Is that what you're talking about? That is exactly what I'm talking about. Very well said, Gwilda. <laughs> um, you're trained in appreciative inquiry. What is that? Appreciative inquiry is a study where if you know what is working for you and you do more of it, it brings you more into alignment with your strengths, your passion, your power in the world. So it's a way of investigating. It's sort of a uh, process of reflecting through inner reflecting or outer reflecting with a coach like myself, where we look at the things that are looking working in your life and the things that light you up and to move into a place of alignment with that essence. So basically follow your joy. Exactly. <laughs> How fun is that? And, you yes. know, why are we trained not to? It's like, you know, the animals out there, you watch them in the wild. They're not going to go, oh, gee, I put on a few pounds this, this summer. I better go gnaw some bark instead of that nice green grass. They follow their joy and do what comes natural. When did we get off that track? One of the things I see in our evolution is that we had fallen and have fallen into a primary mechanism of being uh, aware of what we need to guard against. We have created a primary fundamental uh, beginning of having information come in and it goes through a system in our nervous system, in our brains, where is this something that's safe or not? And we're focused very much on being guarded and protected. And as we've been talking, I believe that a piece in this evolutionary step is that we will find, find a fundamental baseline of things are okay, that we trust the universe, as you're talking about with animals. And if there's an occasion where we need to rise up and protect or guard, we will. But that our automatic pilot is going to be exactly what you're saying, moving us towards expressing joy in the world. Our automatic new baseline through this evolutionary leap is going to be what lights us up? Where is my genius? What excites me? And then we will have deeper and broader access to this field of consciousness. So invention and um, opportunities for brand new ways of seeing things at a new dimensional level are going to come in for solutions and creating systems that are mutually beneficial to all. We're in it, but we're, we're still in the process of the transition. So the transition sounds like moving from fear to, to joy. Exactly right. What put us in this place of fear? Why don't we trust life? 
there's uh, from a biological perspective, there's a biological preference when information comes in the way we are wired in our brain. If it goes through that limbic system, our, our midbrain, and has any trigger of a memory that says, mm, this might be related to something that I've experienced that is unsafe, we automatically, without any uh, intention or our higher reasoning, turn on our hindbrain in that fight and flight and freeze. And we go about the world from that very autonomic um, survival mechanism and mode of consciousness, of, of activity. And it's only when things come in that we have no memory of this being unsafe that the signals, our brain signals, literally go to our neocortex, the front of our brain, where we have access to our executive functioning and higher reasoning and intuition. And I do believe that that has been a, a hardwired process through years of evolution that have reinforced paying attention to the negative and what we might need to ward against versus this having the, a beginner's mind, as we call it, to be able to see what's occurring only with what is happening right now in a fresh and clean and clear way so we have regular access to our higher functioning. We have a little less than a minute left, but it sounds like we're having to process out the fear response from even our ancestral lineage. You are exactly right. There is the, the work that we're doing right now will heal the ancestral lineage. And from my meditations, what I see is even our descendants are here helping us make this biological shift to joy and love from primarily living in fear. <laughs> what a beautiful shift. I look forward to it. We're going to have to take another break. Michelle and I will return to this interesting discussion on the other side of this break, so don't go away. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. You don't want to miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net, 24-7, 365. You're listening to The Science of Magic, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This 
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Again, our guest this hour is Michelle Ray, founder of The Center Within, her website, centerwithin.com. Michelle, you had mentioned something earlier I'd like to go into, and that's the field of consciousness. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello 
Bello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. What is that? I see the field of consciousness as this large sea. I picture it as a sea or field that all that is is contained in, all the seen and unseen. It's this interconnected morphic field that connects all that is, the multiple universes and our, the cells in our body. So if, if we're speaking on a, um, a quantum level, are we talking about scalar energy? I'm not familiar with that term, I have to admit, but yes, we are definitely talking about um, quantum physics. Right. And in quantum physics, there's this, um, you know, you have your mechanical waves, you have your electromagnetic waves, and then beyond that is what they call scalar energy. And it, it's not polarized, um, and it's not, um, it's uh, has shape of a double helix, actually. And apparently that is the connecting thing, and it comes from all the stars and the planets and everything else, and it kind of connects us all together. And I'm wondering if this isn't the same thing as, as the uh, field of consciousness, that it trans, trans, transmits and connects us. It sounds exactly like the, the what I see as the field of consciousness. Thank you for the new language. Now I have more learning to do. <laughs> it is amazing. Every day, every day I learn something new. But yes, it is an instantaneous, outside of time and space um, connection that happens. And the energy moves through and as that that system, that scalar energy system. It's amazing, isn't it? And you speak of deep listening. Is this where we're listening to? We are listening to that as well as listening in this life, in this plane of human existence to each other. I I have experienced that when we engage with another human being with deep listening, we hear far beyond the words. We pick up the energy of their body. We now have science that shows us mirror neurons actually in each other activate when we're in deep conversation and connection, and that the neurological system through mirror neurons in me attunes to the neurological system in you and we actually learn and partake in exchanging through that system itself so authentic communication when we can mirror each other in our language when we can feel into each other and then as you as we've been talking about open ourselves through our intention to the wisdom and compassion and insights revolution inspiration that come from and through this quantum field we have relationships with the local and non-local that are so much more enhanced and rich. It gives reflective listening a whole new meaning. So you're you're not just reflecting back the person's words in a different way. You're reflecting back their entire energy field. Exactly. And you dance together and something magical gets created in that sacred space. Yeah. You know, you add two things together mm-hmm. and you get way more than three, right? Exactly. How fun is that? Exactly. What what spiritual practices have you been trained in, Michelle? Oh, I've been playing a lot with a lot of different spiritual practices. I um, have been trained in meditation <clears throat> and breath work. 
I also really enjoy chant and toning and aromatherapy is another practice that I use. And mindfulness in general, mindfulness in eating, in walking. I also really enjoy movement, the practices of yoga and tai chi and walking a labyrinth. Um, I've been very pleased and delighted with some of my practice in the arts, in journaling and drawing and creating mandalas and making collage. I also really enjoy ritual, as you have talked about with the shamanic tradition and the ritual and guided meditations that go with uh, those traditions, all traditions, actually, every sacred tradition. I also have spent time with my dreams and also with storytelling, the power of the stories we tell each other and creating new stories. And one of my favorites is being outside and attuning to nature in a variety of ways. Mm. How do your coaching practices relate to neuroscience? The coaching practices are a time where we connect and look at the edges of our own growth and development or my client or organization's growth and development. Where are the places that we hold fear and constriction? Where are the limiting beliefs and self-talk? And also on the other side, as we expand, it appears to be the other side anyway, where are we resistant to owning our power, to living from our center within fully, full out expressing spirit through our divine and unique expression into the world? And the neuroscience of that can help us to understand what happens when we butt up against those restrictions, those constrictions. And through the practices of biofeedback, let's say, we can settle down our biology, our emotions, our thoughts, and our body to be able to bring ourselves back to homeostasis and relax through those constrictions and be able to fundamentally dissolve many of those false beliefs, fears, as we say, false um, false evidence appearing real. So the biology and the neuroscience provide us with information that leads us to tools, I call them transforming practices, that open us to see more clearly the truth of our self-imposed and created limitations that move us to a place where we can be in the world from our full-out, authentic, essential self. You know, it seems like from parenting practices to religion, we've been controlled by guilt and shame. How much do you think guilt and shame keeps us from, uh, you know, holds those restrictions in place, keeps us from our personal power? Guilt and shame are fundamental programming that needs to be uh, rewired. I'm sure you're probably familiar, as many of our listeners are, to David Hawkins' work on power versus force. And he has this system of levels of consciousness the lowest of those is shame and apathy. And when we are in that vibratory field, we are so limited in our capacity to access our higher self. It's it, it's amazingly <clears throat> low frequency, isn't it? And it's like, that's part of the fear. We're afraid that the guilt we feel is true. 
You're exactly right. And one of the things that's happening in this in this shift in this era that's changing is not only us at a cellular level and everything on the planet as a cellular level, but as you're describing the systems, the institutions, the organizations, whether it's politics or religion or finance or education that have infused in their systems this low vibration of guilt and shame are being shook out. There is not a system on the planet that is not up for disintegration, as we talked about earlier, and being replaced by higher vibration, mutually beneficial for all. And some of those telltale signs of transparency that are so evident daily in our news and um, in the systems that we work within, they are being exposed, they are disintegrating, not without a lot of kicking and screaming, of course, but we are moving our cultural, our political, and our uh, economic, religion, healthcare, all of our systems to this higher level of being that eradicates and releases being motivated by shame and guilt. What advice do you have for people? I mean, these are volatile times and we're in the middle of these systems. How do we find safe passage? One of the ways that I have found essential is that we find each other. And like through this opportunity that you love to hear someday, the story of how this radio show got started. Look at what you're doing. Look at the impact you're having on the world. You are offering and inviting a higher level of paradigms to be created, the merging of science and magic in a time when both uh, many of the people on the planet are gripped with this fear. So one of them is finding like-minded people going out of our way to access information about what we are becoming. The second part of the title of my book is co-creating who you are becoming. We do it through these practices we've been talking about, finding community, finding support, doing our own inner work and really investigating what is these false appearance, evidence appearing real and allow them to be released and to find our joy, find our genius in that. But we cannot do it alone. So I recommend, I really enjoy the coaching work I do. If anyone's at all ever interested, it'd be great to work with any of your listeners on that, as well as body workers and other practitioners that support us. You know, And also back to the basics, be able to settle ourselves down with good nutrition, good sleep, good exercise, back to really good lifestyle medicine practices, help keep us as centered as possible so we can have that energy and attention and awareness available to create what is a higher order. What does it mean to live from the center within? For me, it means to be able to have access to the, of that divine essence that is that same exact energy that runs through the entire cosmos, that scalar energy that you're talking about. It's the heart of what we say when we say namaste to each other. You know, the light in me, the Buddha in me, the Christ in me salutes the light and Buddha and Christ in you. So when we have access to that center within, what happens as we go about our daily business, living from that place, we make micro choices all day long that line up and support and come from that deep inner wisdom and knowing 
to be able to create a personal and professional life that we love, that's in alignment with our genius and not from fear. Tell us a little, we got about a minute and a half here. Tell us about re- reconstructing a new interconnected world. How do we re- reconstruct something new? For me, it feels like there's a group of us in as humans on this planet that have access to this interconnected field of consciousness with eyes wide open, like we live it inside of us. Inside of us, we know that we are interconnected and that we are in infinite. And when we find each other, we create systems at a higher level that are a that and then there is a bridge that that connects for people wanting and looking to move into a higher level of being, whether it's in our relationships and creating uh, relationships that call each other forward. We create companies that are green, that are empowering to the planet, that are good for ourselves, right? And so we are creating right here amidst all this chaos, Many of us are finding each other. Cultural creatives is another word I've heard used. And we are creating systems that are going to support humanity as we move across this bridge. We're already out there building systems that we can move into. And it sounds like you're talking about soul teams. Absolutely. I had a picture one day in meditation of murmurations of like starlings that flow through the sky and we find each other and we fly around, you know, create a project, create a company. And we're all we're individual. Gonna, we're going to have to take a break. I'd love to pick up on this on the other side. Michelle and I will be back shortly to talk about soul teams. So don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric working to create common ground for betterment of our world. Join our email family at thescienceofmagic.net. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic or guest that's on your mind. You're probably not the only one that would be interested. Our guest this hour is Michelle Ray, one of those gifted people of service to the world. She's the author of Living from the Center Within, co-creating who you're becoming, her website is centerwithin.com. Michelle, we were talking about soul team and how there are those of us that came this time, we find each other, and it's just very organic to work together to create a new way. Would you go into that a little further for me? It is an, a remarkable opportunity for us to find each other. We can feel each other vibrating. We can see into each other's eyes. And the opportunities that come when we say yes, to that high vibration connection is amazing. I look at this book that I've recently published. It's been a remarkable journey 
a scary journey, a journey of stepping out there and risk-taking for sure. But the people who have come together that I barely know to support this project has been amazing. There was a publisher that came forward and offered to publish the book as an unpublished author is nearly unheard of. And when it came to endorsements, for instance, I have a couple of people at the Center for Spirituality and Healing that endorsed my book and a physician here in town that led to uh, another physician who speaks con uh, about consciousness and healthcare globally. And then there was a woman who came and offered a uh, couple of presentations here, and I was invited to be her escort, who has been president of a national and international organization on the study of consciousness, who also offered to endorse my book. Mm -hmm. So there are these magical pieces and events that occur when we recognize inside of us that vibration of this is a match, we're meant to do something together for a moment or for a lifetime, and we are willing to be in the moment and say yes and act on it. But you can't do that from fear, can you? Fear, actually, you don't even pick it up. You <laughs> don't even pick it up. <laughs> Would you mind going into three consciousness levels and their focus? Yes. There are many models of consciousness out there, which is fabulous. And the ones that I use in my book are uh, just a simple three-step level of consciousness. The first is I am individual. And this is the first stage in human development. Often there's a self-identification that I'm limited to my own body, my thoughts, my emotions, my personal stories and experience, and everything and everyone else is separate. And then we have these experiences that you and I have been talking about where we bleed into the interconnected. And at this stage of development, our perceptions it shift and we recognize that our experience is directly and continuously affected by and connected to what is occurring inside and outside of our personal bodies. So we start dreaming about people or having a, a knowing or an emotion that is from the interconnected web, but we recognize it inside and as our identity. And the third level that I work with is I am infinite. And in this stage of development, my own perspective, I realize that self and other are one and that awareness is all that exists. And we experience all form as having a beginning and middle and end and respect it dearly and savor it dearly. But we don't move or lose our ability to know ourselves and our identity as pure awareness. Is our mobility from one level to the next dependent upon our detachment, as in not identifying with the different levels? Absolutely. We move back and forth. It is not a linear process. I mean, on any given day, I can fall into complete uh, apathy and fear and live in a low vibration in the I am individual level. And on any given moment, I can move into pure bliss that's uh, in the human development arena it's called states and stages of consciousness so we can where's our baseline how is our usual going about the everyday world where is that stage of consciousness and it generally resides in one of these three or depending on your model um, in a level of consciousness and then as you're suggesting we can move quickly to a different state of consciousness moment to moment and then often fall back into our current stage of consciousness. 
You know, I find there's a time and a place for each level in that. I work with people coaching all the time with my shamanic work. And it's necessary for me to meet a person where they are to find alignment before I can move them to where they're trying to go. Do you find that to be the case? Absolutely. And especially as a, a coach and in our profession, but even in our personal relationships, to be able to hold in us, in me, that sense of myself as I am interconnected, which includes all that is, and then be able to recognize a person's where they're at, where their level of development is, and meet them right there, sit align, communicate, reflect, as we talked about with deep listening, and then be able to invite if there's an opening, if they're interested to possibly shift their worldview, shift their perspective slightly to see a little larger, a little less constricted perspective. What about intention? How does clear intention and conscious intention play in here? Oh, intention is the way we communicate from the pure field of all potential to manifesting something in this world. And I have worked with uh, intention, as you I'm sure have, over many years. And what I'm finding more and more is the clearer my intention is, the quicker and more decisive the field of consciousness responds with specific Uh, meetings or inspiration or action steps and there's a balance between being very clear with our intention as well as not getting muddled or intending at too detailed of a level that makes the space for the magic to happen without micromanaging right exactly how you know it seems to me that a lot of our intention is unconscious and we're manifesting from there Uh, would you speak to that Yes. And so we're we're talking about levels of consciousness. What we're talking about is bringing things that are outside of our awareness that are, whether they're beliefs or subconscious thoughts or society's um, imposed negativity or guilt or shame, as we've talked about, to bring it into our awareness. That's what these practices do and the coaching does, is we bring them from our unconscious or subconscious into our awareness so that now if I want to have a reaction, let's say, and it's based on some previous experience, if I can bring it into the light of my awareness, I can still choose to have a hissy fit and be a two-year-old and have a complete temper tantrum, but it doesn't catch me from this unconscious, unaware place inside of me, and I can then move towards that place where you and I spoke of earlier, where we have the ability to have input come in And now we have choice. We have an ability to respond because we can see it from a clear place, from a clear lens of awareness and not have an automatic unconscious hindbrain reaction. So going from knee jerk to choice. Exactly. It's all in the choice and it's going from unconscious to conscious. It's going from unaware to aware. And then when we have that choice, we can move about the world in a much more empowered and mindful and impactful way. Do you have some tools you could offer how we can become more conscious in what we're intending? For me, it um, starts with being able to recognize when, if we're in that place of stress and, or if we're in that place of relaxing. So being able to recognize our stress triggers, 
our stress body symptoms, our thoughts that happen when we get in that ruminating place, as well as our emotions, whether we fight or flee. And once we can recognize that and move into that state of calmness, breathe deeply, find that center within, then when we set intentions, practices like bringing them into our meditation or a walk in the woods or that morning shower or our journal or our conversations with like-minded working to be awake people, our intentions become clear about moving forward in a way that is moving us closer to our center within. And then through that clear intention setting, not from being triggered and reactive, the universe will respond because as we both know, if you send out an intention and it's not clean and it's from fear, it sends out an intention of both. I want this, but I don't. And it's this loop of wanting something and then self-sabotaging consciously or unconsciously, known or unknown, because we haven't really come from a place of power. We come from that place also mixed in there of fear and it cancels each other out. You're coming, so it's like parody particles. You're literally canceling out the thing you would have. Exactly. <laughs> oh, what a tangled web we weave. Um, <laughs> we, we have about 30 seconds left. What's the most important step an individual can take to find the center within? The most important step you can take is to ask for it, to intend it, to open your heart and to receive all the blessings and all the wisdom that will come and rush to support you and to find a like-minded community that is also working to advance human consciousness. Michelle, it has been such a pleasure spending time with you. Thank you so much for being on The Science of Magic. I really appreciate the conversation and invitation, Gwilda. Thank you so much. You bet. Blessings on your path. Our guest this hour has been Michelle Ray, author of Living from the Center, Within, co-creating who you're becoming and the founder of The Center Within. Her website, centerwithin.com. This has been The Science of Magic. For in-depth exploration of leading-edge subjects from newest authorities and viewpoints, join our email family to receive our topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you find your heart's gateway. Shot.